0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Salopcast, episode four. of myself, Ollie Warner, and Glynn Price. Hi. So episode four, um, we're going to talk um, about pre-season. Now uh, the last pre-season game has been f- um, completed to date. Um, we're going to talk a bit about Salop news. Um, Glynn um, has been interviewing um, fans at the open day. Um, And also, we'll talk about um, the Ollie and Glyn update in our prediction competition.
1: Yeah, it should be good, Ollie. I'd say pre-season finished now, so um, we're recording this after the Hibernian game has just finished about a couple of hours ago. So we think we've got a pretty good judgment now of sort of what the squad is and what our starting teams might be for MK Don, So it's enabled us to sort of knuckle down and have a good thinking of a good chat about what's actually going to happen next week when the real business starts. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Shall we move on to talk about pre-season, Ollie? Collins checks, opening up for Collins here. Collins goes for goal. What a goal that is for James. just at the other end.
0: So Shrewsbury have now can finish their pre-season games. Um let's so carrying on from the other pre-season games we've discussed. Let's start with Shrewsbury Town versus Solihull Moors. Um that's the first pre-season game I was able to attend. Um, it was a good a good first half. Um some good um, passing football. Um some very good goals, some very good goals um so there's four goals from Shrewsbury, scored by um a j smith dodd Sarovic, and Worley. um and I must say that the first two goals were very good um smith's goal was um, and dodd's goal were both quite similar, yeah half volleys into the back into the top corner yeah, it's a bit um, good, it? yeah, no, it was really good actually. I was quite impressed um you know decent passing a bit of organization, obviously building on what you'd said before where there seemed to be a lack of structure and lack of shape in the team that it, like it was there was it was a good first half performance. Yeah. Um, I thought being 4-0 at half time there's no way you were going to get the correct score <laughs> but it turned out that I was wrong. Yeah. Um and the second half was poor. Yeah. Second half was really poor. Um the first half it was good and I think the second half just kind of showed how poor um Solihull um were. Yeah. Um we did make a lot of changes though.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people I spoke to who went there. Said that um, the thing that stood out to them the most was possibly that we've, we looked like maybe we've got a strong, you know, from this game. We looked like we had a start, a strong starting team, but you know the subs and the reserves we were bringing on. You know, particularly maybe people like Barnett and Wellens whose hearts probably still not in it at the moment We're not really on the same level as the players who have come new to the club and are trying to stake their claims for first team places so did, did that come across to you that there was a, little, a lot less impetus in the second half than the first?
0: Um, actually I was, I was standing um, I thought I'd go and stand right near the manager's area so I just wanted to hear what was being said and, <laughs> um, I was quite, and Barnett was playing kind of left side up front yeah. so he was playing up front but on the left side a bit and he was desperate to score He's always making runs and he hit the post and we, we could have scored two goals quite easily. Easily in the okay. second half. Um so it wasn't it was a bit of a flatter performance but then Southampton Solihull were not very good um, and they were they kind of like tired a bit. Mm. But um yeah, I think the first team was looking was looking good in this game and I was yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed I um, enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the ice cream more. It was nice to have an ice cream van <laughs> in the ground. Um but um yeah, but no um it was okay. I came away feeling quite pleased. Um not as I don't feel as <laughs> as excited now following no. the last two games but
1: no there's a bit of water gone on the bridge in centre. Yeah. I think it you know it's as I said to you in, in last week's episode was that I was hoping we'd go there and get some goals to get those forward players used to score and used to getting some goals in, the, in their boots and getting their confidence in front of goal up and it looked like that was going to be the thing that was probably the biggest thing to take away from it wasn't it so you know it's not every day you score four goals in any game, so yeah, that was that was good to see. And I think in general we needed that confidence boost in win at that point in preseason. We'd obviously been hammered once at home, and then we'd uh, luckily beat, well, in some respects, luckily beat Birmingham with a sort of late goal. So it was sort of a it was sort of a bit of a roller coaster, really, wasn't it? And then leading into the starbridge game, which we'll talk about in a minute, it sort of definitely was a roller coaster in terms of the results we've been having. So yeah, I think it was a pretty impressive result all in all. Who you know who stood out to you as probably. Of the new players, because I know it was the first game you have been to. See, who of the new players stood out to you the most during the match? Um,
0: Smith, Smith, definitely. Um, he really um, showed his good, good turn of movement, good pace. Um, he's a good player. Um, I also, um, who else? Dodds looked like he's a decent player, good movement, and was you know flitting between, being really close to the striker to kind yeah. of drop him back. Um, Riley's Riley's bigger than I expected. Actually, he looks quite a um, powerful player. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a weird game. We kind of scored a few a few goals quite easily, but it wasn't a challenge. Yeah. So it was quite hard to kind of see um, too much. I guess one of the things that did impress me um, was um, the subs when we made all the changes and the young lad. His name completely escapes me now. Who's gone alone to Walsall? Who's gone? has gone alone? Yeah, Anderson. Yeah, Anderson looked yeah. good. Um, he, um, he was he was quite um, he wasn't shy to run at the fullback um, and to be fair um, they're probably their best player of um, Solly Holmors was their right back um, and he and he wasn't afraid to try running at him so I think for me that he was probably one of the, so in terms of first team players definitely Smith and then mm. in terms of Anderson in terms of a youngster mm. and you're right you're right um, us signing from Brighton does look like a thug <laughs> he yeah he does he looks scary. hard doesn't he I told you that yeah. last
1: week the the um, the other thing I was going to say is obviously it was a, a trip to a guarantee you probably never been to what was what was the ground like in general what was the sort of trip to Salihar Moors like
0: yeah it was nice it was a nice drive for me not too far it was <laughs> about 17 miles from home on the M42 um it was, yeah it's nice to go to a non league ground though i did my highlight of the day has to be when the um the guy on the gate asked if i was a player oh <laughs> well, yeah you no, can tell like, me that yeah, I I think um, I'm a few stone overweight for being a fresh, uh, being a amateur footballer, but um but no, it was nice. It was nice to go to a game. I saw a couple of um um, fa- um Shrewsbury Town fans I haven't seen obviously for a few months um at the ground, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um so no, it was yeah, it was a classic non-league ground. Little stand on one side, friendly for people, and it was nice to walk around. So I, I walked around the entire ground during the game. Um, I guess the also interesting for gossip wise was um, um, Clark and Weslowski were watching. Oh right, that's interesting. Yeah, and they turned up. Yeah, they turned up to watch, um, <laughs> trying to um, give some abuse to Junior and trying to um, put him off the game, which is quite funny.
1: <laughs> it's quite interesting talking about Weslowski That obviously he's been to the Open there. We're going to talk about it later. But there was a, a, a sort of team photo during the rounds for people to sign when the players yeah. come out to sign, and Wes was on that which is interesting because, you know, he hasn't played for us yet. He still hasn't been announced. He signed a contract. But they're putting out training material from pre-season with him in it. So it's quite an interesting one to see, you know, obviously he's still obviously part of Mellon's plans maybe and they might not have got over the line yet in terms of a deal, but he's still hanging around. We're still keeping him in the club, so yeah, I, I can see him playing for us and maybe getting signed up now if they're doing things like that.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, yeah, definitely. Mm. I guess, um, yeah, so that kind of moves on to, I think, to the Starbridge game.
1: Yeah, so neither of us went to Starbridge, did we? We. No. Uh, we I, I was going to go um, at the last minute, I had <laughs> family matters to attend to, so yeah, I missed the Starbridge game and so did you, but obviously it wasn't uh, an ideal result, losing 2-0 to a, a sort of team that were about the same stature of Solihull hall and I think people were a bit surprised by that, but I think from looking at the team that played, we mixed it up a bit more than we maybe did in the other games, and uh, didn't play that full team, full strength team that we probably played in the Hibernian game. So, yeah, what did you make of that result, Ollie? I wasn't too impressed.
0: No, I wasn't. I wasn't very. I wasn't um, very impressed at all. Uh, I was quite surprised. Um, Looking at the team, yeah, it is a. Well, it's the it's the 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 kind of the lesser side, you know. Obviously, we don't have quite we don't have quite the squad like Man United or Chelsea, you know, where we have two full teams. Um, We just about probably can pull that off, Mm. but um, yeah, there was obviously Andy Mangan, Ian Black, Sadler, um, Burton. um, So there was a a few players that played last season and, and. We've got a few, obviously, a bit of experience, but yeah, it certainly certainly didn't take all the best players, and a lot of them were left at home.
1: Mm, and we played a lot more of the youth guys, youth lads, in yeah. that as well. And it's good to get them a game and get them involved in first team football and, and see what they're all about. And, you know, these young young lads are going to have to stand up to play in games at some point this season, presu- presumably. So, yeah, it was good to. I suppose that's all you can really say is you have got out of that game, another fitness, another workout some time for some players who were on the fringe who had an opportunity to you know it seemed to me like that was a game for for someone to stake a claim to get in the starting team because it's getting to the point where it's starting to look a bit more fixed than we probably thought a couple of weeks ago so unfortunately I don't think anyone really did stand out in that game so um, yeah we'll we'll have to see how how that leads into it but um, without us being there there's not too much else we could say really the, the goals didn't look great when you looked at the defending, but um, on the TV you can you can make a judgement, you can't really be too hypercritical, so yeah um, I would like to have gone to Starbridge though, and I'm sure you would have done considering it was just down the road, as we always say, but
0: <laughs> Yeah, no definitely, but yeah um, as, I'm, as I'm on holiday it's um, yeah, not possible, but
1: yeah. There we go, um, but then obviously today we've had uh, the last pre-season game, which was versus Hibernian, and we've second home pre-season game that we've had that we've lost 4-1, which is uh, not ideal, and we had Almost, We had over 2,000 fans there today. Um, and, a, and a lot of people were sort of saying, well, we lost 4-1. Uh, it's just pre-season. But I, I think any time you've got 2,000 fans in a stadium watching a team play football, there's something about it that means it's not nothing. Do you know what I mean? That those fans, are yep. there and they want to be entertained and want to see something. And I'll be honest with you there was a lot of negative comments because we obviously had the open day later which we'll talk about but there was a lot of people with negative comments about particular players and it's already starting to be like you know people will pick their boo boys or their, their player they're going to blame so um, they're going to talk about that but yeah there we go
0: yeah I think I think it's it's always a bit too early to kind of judge a player mm. um, I could Again, a bit of an extreme, but sometimes these extremes work well. I remember everyone was saying how um, how awful um, Cristiano Ronaldo was when he <laughs> first went to Man United, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, just a step overs, you know, he doesn't he doesn't look like he's a player, <laughs> and he turns out to be one of the best players um, um Europe has ever seen. Ever, yeah. um, so I think it needs a bit of time. Um, but then at the same time, if you're seeing, you know, like you said, another extreme, kind of agreeing with you. Yeah, you do. You kind of want to see something, don't you? You mm. want to see a bit of commitment yeah. or, you know, someone's got a bit of a nice touch or something. Um, fans can still see that if, if it's on, if it's present. I mean, for me, uh,
1: to talk about specifics of the game, we obviously played the team. Um, so, wide started in goal. He's going to start next week. And then we had Riley and um, Brown as the full-backs. I'm pretty sure they're nailed on to be our first choice right and left back. We had... Um, McGiven and Lancashire playing centre backs. I'm pretty sure they're going to be asked for starting centre backs. So you've already got a defence and goalkeeper there who looks to have been our first choice and for the second time this season it's shipped four goals. So it does leave you
0: with a lot of concerns. And then in midfield, I'm, yeah, yeah, it just worries you basically, does not it? Yeah, it is. It's um and um what was the, what were the goals like because um reading uh, Mickey Mellon's comments after the game. Um it sounds like there were there were quite poor goals to concede.
1: Yeah, they were a bit of a mixed bag, really. Um, one of them was... a Holt played for Hibernian um, until he came off in about the 60th minute, and Holt would walk into our starting team now up front, and and if we played that particular tactics, you know what I mean? But he's still a very talented player, and he was an absolute nuisance. And the physicality of him put into stark contrast, for, for me personally, and the lack of physicality at the back... Compared to big players, and also potentially a little bit of lack of fitness, maybe at this stage. I know Herburnian were probably a little bit quicker, but yeah, the goals were across, wasn't defended very well, um, headed onto the bar, came down, and then Joe Riley was just running back towards goal, went in off him. Um, one of the go- two of the goals were one-on-ones one came from a nice little ball over the top the other one came from um, Deegan getting caught in midfield he tried to do a turn sort of slipped and um, they got in one-on-one and finished under Littleweiler. Lutweiler couldn't read anything about any of the goals really I don't think so there was lots of things that you would think that Mellon would be pretty unangry if that was a league game he'd be pretty angry about the defending in certain circumstances and other than that Town had the ball a lot you know we maybe had a majority of the possession across the whole game but never really looked like cutting through and, and for me personally, looking at the team and, and the setup and the midfielders it played and, and then the front three, it doesn't it doesn't fill me with having a massive cutting edge against the better teams, which is a, which is a bit of a concern, isn't it, at this stage?
0: Yeah, I guess I guess the only one thing I would say is obviously Hibbs. Um, and the Scottish league is always a little bit ahead yeah, of the English league so they've already played one game in the um, in the Scottish Cup in their Scottish League Cup uh, which they beat again beat Livingston 2-1 sorry so I guess they're essentially a week ahead but yeah sounds like they're more than a week ahead
1: yeah and it and it, and it definitely looked like it as well do you know what I mean it, it did look like a week ahead positives to come out of it there were some positives I, I don't I, you know I think Brown is always a good, honestly, considering he never was a left-back all that much, he is a solid left-back now, and he, he he didn't look like he was out of his depth against them. Um, Jim O'Brien, if he's on free kicks, we've got something to look forward to, well, because he hit a, a free kick, um, and he sort of hit it at the wall so hard, it took a slight deflection, but it was low, it was hard, it was sort of clearly going towards goal, so he can take a free kick. Um, Joe Riley, I, I want to like the lad Joe Riley, but, He's already, he seems reasonable in defence going forward he, he hit a lot of sort of long hopeful crosses into the box that went straight out of play you know Ryan lowes as I always call that but um, that was a little bit of a concern uh, other than that I've say i it's, I've seen far, four games now haven't I three games and I just, I'm still not sure quite how the midfield's going to work uh, I can see it how they're setting up tactically I can sort of see where everyone's playing the positions but just I still don't see the partnerships in midfield I can sort of see Dodds and Leach-Smith I can see the centre-backs kind of working together but midfield seems just it's a little bit nebulous to me at the moment I'm sure it will sort of filter out as we go on in the next few weeks but that's where I'm going to sort of keep my eye on because any good team is going to have to have an engine room that's working well
0: Yeah I guess I guess to obviously put it into context um, Hibs where would you put Hibs in terms of of where would you put them in the Bottom end of the Premier League, top Championship.
1: Well, yeah, I guess I guess it's hard to tell with the Scottish teams, isn't it? They're one of the better yeah. teams in the Scottish Premiership, so you'd think yeah, they'd yeah. probably be bottom Premiership or top Championship. And yeah. they were good. Do you know what I mean? And and they had a couple of good players, you know, who were really solid and really dependable. But they took a few of them off in the second half and swapped them around for substitutes, and they didn't really weaken them. Does that make sense? Okay. Whereas yep. you'd imagine if we'd have made a uh, similar amount of substitutes, it would have weakened us. One of, yeah. one of the most interesting things to come out of it was that we only made one substitute, which leads me to believe that that's the team. That Mellon is going to play against MK Dons. He wanted them to get a full ninety minutes. He wanted to gel. He wanted them to gel. He wanted them, you know, get used to the physicality of a full ninety minutes again. So I'm pretty sure. That that'll be the team that starts next week, and the only sub we made was to bring on Ethan Jones, which also makes me think that definitely Jones is going to be getting minutes this season for the town. He's not just going to be a youth player that gets, you know, a couple of substitute appearances. I think we'll see him starting within this, this before Christmas. He will definitely get a chance to start some games.
0: Yeah, no, he. was um, Yeah, going back to the Solihull Moors the game. Yeah, he was a good player. He did stand out. It looked like he was um, had a bit of talent about him, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it to obviously be losing 4-1 um, at home is never is never good fun, um, <laughs> especially considering how poor our home form was last year. Yeah. Um, but let's hope that um, it's it is just pre-season and um, yeah, we can. T- but starting against MK Dons, it's not move too head too quickly, but obviously they're going to be a, a tough test. So let's hope that we can iron out and work on some of the mistakes that we made this week. Um, in the week um in training and hopefully the team can be in a better place for for Saturday.
1: Yeah, we're going to have a lot more of the ball though I would think than last season in the home games. Like in the home games last season we tended you know the ones that we particularly lost we, we didn't have the op- the opportunity to have the ball and play the ball and and be the passing team. And and I can I can see a change that Mellon's brought this season in that regard, you know. But then on the flip side it also makes me worry that when we're behind or when we're struggling and we're trying to go a little bit more direct that I'm not sure what plan B is other than Tyrone Barnett and we tried to play at one point we went 2 nil down we had a little bit of a panic and we were playing long balls forward to Smith and that's not his game You, they weren't playing him over the back line for him to chase they were playing him to him as like a target man sort of thing and, and we've town have got to realise this season if they get into trouble they can't revert back to a sort of standard lower league team approach of going direct they have still got to play because that's how they're set up to play if they're not passing it around and trying to get in on the angles and the overlaps and things that they're trying to work it's not going to work trying to play long balls to Smith and, and Dodds is not really going to be much of a backup in that respect either so yeah it was that was an interesting thing I picked up on as well
0: yeah I guess I'm having a team that is going to play passing football it is going to take a bit longer for us to um, to gel and if you th- Look at the starting lineup, there is a lot of um, new faces in there. Mm. So, yeah, I guess it will take a bit of time. So, they've only really got got Luvvila and Brown and yeah. Wally, but obviously um, he wasn't a starter and a go go. So, it's pretty much a new team, isn't it? So, yeah. it's going to take a bit of time.
1: Well, Wally's the one I think probably is, would be in danger of being the one that does drop out of a starting team. I'd say if that was the team that we're going to start against MK Dons, he's probably the one that I think. Potentially could lose his place because I, I don't know. He hasn't he hasn't really impressed me in pre-season. I, do, I know I missed the game where he scored, but um, he, he it he strikes me more as an impact player off the bench, a bit more like a yeah. Mangan sort of thing. So well,
0: yeah, he messed his penalty up, but um, yeah, yeah scored a rebound.
1: So, but it's done, Ollie. So in general, season, you know, we're all done. It is what it is, I guess. We we probably could have been more entertained, um, but you know, hopefully, Mellon's got the fitness part of it out of it, and he's maybe got them to gel a little bit more. So, I suppose we're heading into the first game in. We can't. We're not in terrible shape, are we? I'm sure there are teams have had worse pre-seasons.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's um, talking to a couple of fans and in scene on Twitter, since a, a couple of Oldham and a couple of other like, Barry and that haven't got you know got all their players yet, and they're still a bit short. So, yeah, while it's not um, been the perfect pre-season, um, I, I don't. I think I think we're in a better shape than we were last summer. I think mm. for this time last summer, we really didn't know what the team was. Um, so yeah, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm normally, you know, takes. I'm normally a bit quite conservative when it comes to it and give managers time. And so hopefully, he'll, hopefully, ten games in, um, we're talking um, about a good start to the season. But fingers yeah. crossed.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to MK Dons next week. Anyway, let's the,
0: the phony war is
1: over. Let's get into the real stuff. Good stuff. All right. So I think we'll move on to talking about the uh, the Shrewsbury news next, Ollie. The situation is clear. That's an excellent ball in. It's teller Shrewsbury Town have the lead. It's his 28th goal of the season! So, we're going to talk about the Shoesby News now, Ollie. and uh, obviously at every football club, one of the most exciting things to talk about is players coming in and out, but it's been quite a quiet week on that front, hasn't it? We've got no one coming in, no one going out. Um... I think we've obviously had one lone player going out in Kameen Anderson, who's gone off to uh, the non-league to sort of hone his skills a little bit more. So, yeah, there's not been much in that in the way of news there. But there was one thing you sort of picked up, on, wasn't there in terms of something the club had released that made, made your sort of ears prick up?
0: Yeah. So, and um, the the club um, did a provisional um, squad numbers, um, and there's no number nine, which um, no, yeah. makes you makes you think that there's going to be a striker on his way. Who's going to come to the Greenhouse Meadow to to fill to fill that position? I think we've talked about this
1: before a little bit, we in terms of it gets the feeling that we're in a situation at the club where if we can get rid of one, we can bring one in, and it possibly could be a Barnet or a Wellens that we 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 have as the one that goes out. And then we'll probably be looking to bring another player in, and that's likely to be a striker. So I can definitely see us bringing a striker in. And considering we haven't got any long-term loans in at all, that's something that surprised me. Ollie. I don't know about you. I, I would have thought we might have had one in by now, and that might be the striker.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, a striker or a winger is a good player to have on loan. And you don't norm- you don't really want a a, a central midfielder. Or a central defender, someone who you need a bit of experience, yeah. um a winger or someone like you know they can potentially go missing for a little bit of a game, and it doesn 't have too much of an impact no. if we could get if we could get a kaikai Kai or a kaikai Kai on loan, that'd be fantastic yeah Kai, Kai is the example isn't it, it yeah. worked so well last season that
1: especially for strikers, you know you can come and score goals at a lower level and just really stand out straight away can 't you for your parent club for other clubs and for the club you 're playing for, so I would not be surprised to see us bringing in a um bringing in a lone player from one of the sort of bigger clubs potentially, one of the local clubs, you never know so yeah, we'll have to see how that goes but you know, other than that Oli, mean, we've had a bit more of another week to think about these things, you've seen a few games now, I've seen three games, is there a position where you think we're still a bit weak that we, we still need some backup, we talked about right back last time so we won't go over that because we still haven't got a reserve right back essentially but um, is there anywhere else you've, you've seen at the sort of game you went to that you think we might need to add to the squad?
0: Yeah, I think striker I think Mangan Mangan's a good a good backup. Um, Barnett hasn't really impressed the Shrewsbury. Obviously, we've got Smith, but um, yeah, definitely a striker. Um, like you said, um, we—I get the impression with the uh, the budget is. Um, Not as big. I'm just guessing uh, Mm. as last year because we keep losing money. We can't keep on doing that. And don't blame the club for that. Um, Yeah, so I think it's where we get rid of Wellens, get rid of Barnett, then bring in one or two players. And and like you said, maybe a lone player. Um, Someone what like a Josh Ginley? (laughs) Mm. Yeah, he went to Warsaw, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did. He signed for Warsaw. So yeah. Uh,
1: Well, no, he didn't sign for Warsaw. He signed for a big club now.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I was. I was gonna say big club (laughs) Warsaw. yeah, I was going to be a bit mean then about his spelling, <laughs> but I won't say. But um, but yeah, um, we could do with a winger um, and a striker and someone. I, I was always, you know, in the first pod, I, I made it clear I do like pace. I think we do have pace in the team. But um, yeah, I think just uh, someone who someone's going to um, get you off your seat, mm. a winger or a striker, I think that would be good just to put a bit of competition in the team, Um and put some pressure on the on, on the squad
1: yeah it's funny the only thing I heard because uh, I've been at the Open Day today was someone told me that they they thought Grandison, reti- Grandison had retired I didn't hear about that
0: Did you, have you heard that? no I haven't heard that no, no. Um, yeah. obviously he, he did have his, his issue with injuries but um, yeah I wouldn't have thought um, I would have thought he'd retired from football I think you would have heard about that wouldn't we if that was the case
2: yeah
1: it could be one of those things where someone at the clubs found something it's one of those things that's leaked out so I'm, I'm not going to say that's definitely happening we'll, we'll capture that as a rumour Ollie but that was the only thing I did today that was sort of interesting in sort
0: of ex player and new player news. So there we go. Um, go on. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think I think actually Grandison made me think of something that, you know, there's players like Grandison who've played in League One who haven't got a club yet. Mm. So I think there's still, you know, the transfer window still isn't closed. There's still quite a way to go. Um, sometimes the lower, higher leagues kick off transfers and then it all feeds down and then like a big, like a domino effect. Yeah. And um, a lot of Premier League teams haven't signed all their players yet. So it might be that. Also, it might be a few players where we're playing a bit of po- bit of game of poker, and they're waiting for offers. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few more signings as we get to the the January end of the January end of the summer mm-hmm. transfer window.
1: Before we move off transfers, it's quite interesting. We were talking to a few people today at the game, saying how we feel like it might be a little bit different to, to seasons gone by, where you could expect us to maybe have. Over the course of a season, 10 to 12 loan players. It's more likely to be now that you, you have a very low amount of loan players and they're long term loan players. And the recruitments you bring in are bringing in, like we did last season, the likes of Gerrard and Whitbread, players who have been out with, without a club and have been, you know, without a club for a significant period of time, but are professional players who. We're waiting for a contract that have materialised, and again this summer there are going to be loads of players. You know, you can name them from the ones from our club that have not gone on to got deals, and they'll be the same throughout the division. So it it feels to me like free transfers and players that have sort of been out the game a little while are going
0: to be more the way forward for clubs like Shrewsbury in the future, maybe. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. A lot of clubs um, are going to be making sure that they they use their money wisely, and yeah, there's, there's plenty of time to go yet. And I think it's good that we obviously signed uh, the majority of our players. So we have been able to build a team and start um, getting their understanding in the team. But um, yeah, I think there's definitely a few more signings going to come. And yeah, um, the the change in the loan system means you're probably going to you're not just going to pick up a loan player for a month and it's a bit more, of, you have to have a bit more of a calculated decision to take him on loan, especially as it yeah. normally does cost money. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how it goes, won't it, to be fair. Yeah. So, but,
1: you know, we shall see how the transfers go over the next few weeks before the window closes and uh, that mad last night where someone will probably buy players for like 200 million quid nowadays or was it Paul Pog was going yeah. for 100 million so by the end of the summer transfer window it'll probably be doubled by that point, won't it? You know, a ridiculous upper, <laughs> these upper
0: premiership teams are at the moment, it's absolutely nuts but yeah, there we go. Um, so transfers, you were done there. Yeah, just one one thing actually on transfers, did you hear the rumour of um um of Goldson? That Newcastle no. Newcastle United were supposed to be putting in a joint bid for Dunk, um, and who's his who's Goldson's partner in central defence. back, he? Yeah, a center back at Brighton. Um there's a rumour that him and Goldson have um, there's a, a joint bid for both of those players. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how that affects sell-on fees for individual players. Yeah, I'm we, not we sure. would
1: presumably have a transfer sell-on fee for Goldson. If it's a combined deal, I suppose they must have an individual element to that each, and we'll yeah. just get a bit of it. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that develops. If that's something, I'm uh, fair play to Goldson. I hope he does it. Whether he's um. You know, at some point he's going to be playing at a much higher level than even Brighton, so I can see him going on and doing really well. We all saw him, you know, play for us and how classy he was and how, how much of a brilliant player he was, so all the best to him, yeah. Anyway, transfers, over. Um, Off the pitch, we obviously, two weeks ago, talked about the EFL trophy, didn't we, Ollie? And yep. I had my mini rant about how much of a stupid idea the whole thing is. And um, we all waited with a bit breath to see how many teams would actually um, bother with the trophy. And we found out that, I think it was like nine of the premiership teams just... Refused to do it, and obviously the only big team, big team was Chelsea that were going to be in it. Um, I think Everton as well. So there's a load of pull-outs, and then we got the draw. What
0: did you make of the draw, Ollie? <laughs> um, not very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> not very inspiring at all um, from in terms of the teams. So yeah, Middlesbrough reserves or youth team, um, and then you had the, the teams are not very inspiring, and then mm. also the distances. Um, I saw some fans um, put together a, a table yeah. of the um, of the the distance you have to travel for this cup, and then um, we're second. Which, considering we are in the in the Midlands, okay, on the edge of the Midlands, um, but we're still in the middle <laughs> of the country, um, it's pretty shocking. Um, yeah, it was something something
1: ridiculous. Like we were second. The team that were top were Plymouth, which you can kind of understand, can't yep, you? always Plymouth. But they Carlyle. they were only travelling m- like seven more miles. Than us or something like that, which is mad, isn't it? Really to 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 get to go to sort of I think the two games are Scunthorpe and Middlesbrough away, aren't they? Yeah. Which are both going to be Tuesday night games, sort of in towards the winter. What an absolute joke that is! I mean, you know, we can get a bad draw in any cup, I suppose, but the, but with it being in the tournament that we talked about and all the problems with it, and you know, as you've seen, there's a there's a boycott has been started now by sort of on Facebook and it's starting to gain traction to boycott the Cambridge game, whether whether, whether fans want to do it or not. I you know, for me personally each to their own, it's their own choice. But if fans do feel passionately about the changes the FL are making and maybe the backdoor way of getting B-teams into the football league, I think people should stand up for it and, and should should boycott it and make the football club known. It's it's difficult for us as a, as a set of fans though because we know from what the football club told us that they voted against these changes. You know, Brian Caldwell came out and said in an interview that they didn't want this to change and they didn't want this to happen. So fair play to Shrewsbury for actually having the back of the fans on that one. They you know They might have their own reasons for it, but at least we're all on the same page in terms of that. And a boycott might hurt the football club in the short term, but you know, not that many people go to the game in the first place. So yeah,
0: I don't, I don't think it would damage the club too no. much, um, and I think I don't think it would also damage the rep- the, the relationship with the town and the fans. Um, but I think I, th- I, th- I feel quite strongly about boycotts. Actually, I think if fans are really want to have a ch- see a change, then you have to you go as far as a boycott. You look at yeah, I do. You look at Br- and Blackpool. What would have happened if Blackpool, when they're in the championship, the fans just literally stopped going? Mm. Um, I've got a good friend of mine as a child fan, um, and he hasn't renewed his season ticket for the first time since he basically wow. finished school, and he's in his 40s. Um, every, no one brought any food at the ground. That stopped quite early on, and now they're boycotting, but I don't think they've gone almost... You have to go really far. To, I'm not saying yeah. not saying Shrewsbury Town and the f- the f- EFL trophies in that position, but I think yeah, I think as a football f- a group of football fans, non of um, not not in the Premier League, we have to make a stand and we have to make some noise and show these chief execs of the football league um, clubs that. No, we're we're not gonna be messed around and we're we're really proud of the the club structure and the pyramid that we have and it's something that's worth preserving and we don't want it we don't want to be, it's be destroyed. It's the envy of the
1: world, isn't it? Yeah, how a football pyramid and, and it just it I don't it I said two weeks ago it leaves me very uncomfortable. And the fact that this is a one season trial, you know, and the reaction it's had, you know, it's not just usually fans that you know, as you know, it's not just usually fans who are trying to boycott it oxford grimsby you know even cambridge in our group and scunthorpe i think as well i've read things about so it's a national thing and you know it's it's a it's a lower league football fan thing that it, it doesn't want it to go there and you, they did you see the odds that came out for the trophy you know the no. first six places you know i think it was like 12 to 1 for any winner and the first six 12 to 1s were like west bromwich academy chelsea academy and it's just like you know is that really what the FA, is that really what the football league wanted to get out of this you know yeah. do they, all their favorites to win the tournament are not league, football league teams potentially you know the whole thing is just incredibly daft, and you're right. If fans don't stand up for it, I think the tricky thing is it's it's you do get a football club caught in the middle of it in this respect. Um, because I think that I think potentially like Oxford fans were getting a boycott, on the Oxford board had voted for it. So that's a slightly different thing to yep. choose, from, isn't it? That they can be quite angry with the the football club for not really having the fans view on that so we're in a slightly different situation but I, I can see you know I can see there being a fairly you know I think the boycott is aimed at having the lowest low, lowest attendance in for any game yeah. any sort of competitive game and I can see that easily being done you know that I can't even see there being a thousand people there you know
0: it's just the way it goes isn't it yeah I think it's also um, highlights a lot of naivety from the for the chairman of the football leagues who did vote for this because mm. you look at the list um and there's no Man United there's no Man City there's no Liverpool so you know three of the biggest um, let's call them brands in English football are not there and you've got Brighton and Hove Derby Wolves Blackpool, Blackpool, uh, Blackburn and Reading <laughs> Good not, old Reading It's not inspiring is it uh, and we know <laughs> no. what's not going to happen isn't it also it's in the, it's not, the game's in the middle of the international break as well yeah. So anyone so you know look at Chelsea, look at Everton, you know, all these teams have got England under 19s, under 20s under 21s. They're not going to play in these games because they're going to be international duty. Mm. So it's just a complete yeah. and utter farce. It's not that even the rules don't make any sense. If you were driving this in
1: encourage English football then the rule about how many youth players you should play should be English-specific. Does that make sense? Yeah. But there's no rule about how many England youth lads you can play in these games. You have, I think they have to play like six under-21s, or seven under-21s, I can't remember what it is. I think it's six. But they can be any nationality. So if, if like Chelsea's youth team, and, and we said this a few weeks ago, are all packed with foreign players, they can, they can just play their young foreign players. And then that's not really, in my view, helping British football at all. And, and I can see that happening. And... It's funny that you said about naivety. I think I was reading something from um, the Peterborough chairman. He's quite an expert. Yeah, the book, I saw isn't that statement. He? And he was saying that he felt he'd had the wool pull over his eyes and that that what they voted for... This tournament does not represent what even the Football League chairman voted for at the time, which is, you're right, those big brands that can bring a little bit of prestige to their clubs. Um, So you've even got chairman against it. So personally, I think it'll die. It will be one season and it will be one of those sort of stupid football history questions of what was the FL trophy in one season and the joke of it. So hopefully the club's fans will all band together from different clubs and, and... and the boycott will happen and, and it'll just die this season and I, but one thing I would say is that if people do want to go to the games, you know no shoes we fans should be making other fans feel bad because they want to go because you know we're all we're all fans at the end of the day and we all want the best thing for the club. so I think we should just do as we all want to choose when it comes to it and and see and see what happens with the f the EFL down the
0: line. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I think that was the biggest off the pitch thing this week, though, wasn't it? There? there wasn't too much else going on either. So, um, we were just going to have a quick chat about MK Dons in a sort of up the next sort of section, weren't we? Because you've been having a look at MK Dons, our first league game next week. Um, and what have you sort of found out about MK Dons, Ollie, that you think might be important for, for us to sort of know?
0: Yeah, I thought it'd be interesting just to. Um, one of the things that we want to try and do on this pod is obviously we are shoe centric. We want to talk about shoes we but also we want to. Have a look at the teams that we're playing um, next and how they're getting on. Um, I did a bit of just a bit of digging um, just by the poolside, having a read about MK Dons, um, and they've in terms of signings they haven't really signed anyone. Um, mm. They've lost a few fringe players. Um, they still got their main strikers. um uh, their main striker, Maynard, and um, a few other players. They've got um, Lewington, the gingerhead guy, and the manager's the same. The team's pretty much the same. Um, so most of their fans are fairly confident they're going to do minimum playoffs um, and they'll expect to try and get in the top three the only players that have really left were and players, um, on the fringe.
1: Yeah, they sound strong, then, don't they? You know, it always it all strikes. You know, despite all the shenanigans with MK Dons and what happened with Wimbledon, you know, and we all hate them, and obviously everything that happened in the playoffs when we played them all again. I I consider MK Dons to be one of sort of the, you know, if we're looking at it, one of the bad teams. I don't really like MK Dons, so I'd love us to smash them. But to be fair to MK Dons and the the setup they've got there, the chairman, the way he's actually done everything that he's done it, and they've got finance now, they've got backing, they've got the stadium. They they are an established upper, cha- um, upper League One team, aren't they? Yeah, you know, they, they, are. they should really be in the Championship in the next few years and, and establish themselves there. So they're going to be, for me, going to be one of the teams in the top top team. I think they're going to be one of the ones going for promotion definitely this season. So it's not going to be an easy start.
0: No, it's not. And you and yeah, being the first game of the season, normally you think oh, they could be a bit rusty. But the fact they haven't really signed anyone and they've got mm. pretty much a squad that came down from the Championship. Okay, they might be. I'm a little bit um, down still or need to maybe have a bit of a, a bit of a relegation hangover um, but yeah. I think it's going to be a very big test um, for Shrewsbury um, a big test um, and yeah let's not talk about predictions yet let's keep that for later on but um, yeah I'm expecting a very tough game um, from, against uh, MK Dons.
1: yeah I don't think so it's, it's funny because the, the Herbunian result today we've just been talking about it, it actually um, for me it puts more pressure on that first home game in some respects yep. because we've obviously had at least 3 or 4000 people been to watch the home games now not you know over the course of pre-season and and no one's been really that impressed with our home form we've got the hang up we've got our own hang ups from last season and our own home form and you know people are going to want to see us get off on the right foot this this season they're going to want to see us hit the ground running and get a win straight away so losing again 4-1 at home in a, in the last pre-season game is is, is actually yeah, it actually has increased the pressure. I think of actually not lo- at least not losing next Saturday would be a start.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think MK Dons definitely then the season, and you know if you were to put a bet on i thing, MK Dons would be a good one to um, to get promoted. Um, mm. They've got a, a few decent players, and you would like you said their chairman and so it's, it's a well it's a well run club um their attendance is always going up as they you know, yeah
1: it always grows isn't yeah, it yes they
0: get a create a local fan base um but yeah they've still got they've kept their best players so um they can obviously they did well um it took them a long time to get out of the championship didn't it they were off yeah. and um of getting trying to get in the playoffs and promotions and one thing i did read which was quite interesting is they've got um, a youth player called Jackson um who's a defender who they rate really highly Oh, right. I think it could, and they say it could be as good as Delhi Alley. So, oh, wow. so if he plays, we'll see. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we'll have to keep an eye on him. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think it's going to be a, a tough game. Obviously, we've got no other games for you e to go on. Um, on no. their form, so something we can talk about in the future games. But yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one. Yeah,
1: well, a- away from today, the game for MK Dons versus Shrewsbury. The w- one MK Dons result I'll be looking for this season is when they play AFC Wimbledon in the yep. league, because I would, I'd love it if AFC Wimbledon beat them.
0: Oh, the fans be amazing, will go absolutely. M- but haven't they got in their constitution Wimbledon? Or is it an urban myth that, that they will never play MK Dons? I know they played them in the FA. Cup. They've already played them, yeah. Yeah, and they did play them, but um, yeah, it's a um, yeah AFC Wimbledon would be their fans will go absolutely mental if they beat them <laughs> uh, well deserved as well yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and, and talking about um, um, AFC Wimbledon they're still trying to get a new ground aren't they they're trying to move actually to Wimbledon but um, yeah back into the borough up. isn't it yeah,
1: yeah it's not, it's, London's are doing it I bet there's not many spare pieces of uh, land from to be able to do stuff like that no. so yeah, I hope they get back to it to be honest with you yeah. and it'll be I, 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 you know, I think I don't know if I told you this story before, but I went to the very first AF, ever AFC Wimbledon game. Oh, okay. So I was I was living in London at the time, um, doing a work placement while I was at university, and I used to live in a place called Epsom, and um, I was staying there with another friend from university. who was a Cheltenham fan, so we were both lower league fans. And when they established AFC Wimbledon, they the first game in a summer, I think it was like you know early, early sort of in summertime, and they yeah. played at the stadium. They eventually ended up playing them, which is Kingstonians' old stadium, and there was they, they announced it as a fan game. We went there, and there was fans from clubs all around the country with their shirts on it was amazing like there was either any AFC Wimbledon fans (laughs) or Wimbledon fans there but it was like and it was really good and so I like to think like that I went to that and I sort of always had a sort of soft spot for AFC Wimbledon, and on the way home I phoned up Five Live, only time I've ever been on Five Live to talk about the experience of going there and what the sort of rebirth of AFC Wimbledon was like, and I spoke to um, Five Live and had a ramble on there, and now obviously I'm rambling on podcasts, so nothing <laughs> really changes it, so
0: no. there we go. Um, on their stadium actually, one thing, yeah, they. Um, I was I was reading an article, the reason why yeah, kind of carried on talking about AFC Wimbledon is they were, they're were they trying um, to build a stadium on their, the Dogs track, oh, so right, it's okay. the last Dogs track. Um, in um, London, in terms of has a London postcode, and they're trying to build a stadium there. They did have planning permission, um, but then it's um, it's been um, the planning permission has been I don't know on hold, um, and they need to need to try and get that again. So it'd be interesting if they get a stadium. But, but yeah, I think we'll definitely keep an eye out for the AFC Wimbledon versus MK Dons because. Yeah, I'm sure the AFC Wimbledon fans will enjoy that game unless they get spanked. Oh, yeah. have you have you ever been to the Wimbledon dog track, Ollie? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> if they build a stadium in
1: that area, it is grim. <laughs> it's in it's in a horrible, horrible industrial state. I once went once went on a stag party and we got off the nearest tube station and they were like, oh yeah, it's like a ten minute walk to the dogs. Oh god, it was horrible. It was one of the most horrible walks you could ever have. So that's hopefully it's smartened up in the last sort of five or yeah. six years since I've been there. But we shall see. I shall be going to MK Don's. Uh, both those games probably away this season because I, I enjoy those trips so. There we go. So we're gonna move on to just having a quick well, me having a quick chat about the sort of open day and what's been going on today, Ollie, and sort of you can uh, you can ask me any questions about it.
2: Two minutes of the nineteen remaining. Ian Worn across the take. Atkins joining the ranks forward. Wilding is there as well. And it's got in it! and it's Jensen again!
1: So as I said to you before, Ollie, it's been the uh, sort of the Herbony game and the Shoesbury Town Open Day today, which uh, I know you haven't no had a chance to go to today, but I've spent all day up there because I've been doing a bit of work for the podcast and obviously I was doing a bit of work for the supporters' parliament and just took my children up there as well to, to sort of be a part of the day. And um, I have to say, I'd only ever been to one Shoesbury Open Day before and it, was, it wasn't very good. <laughs> but today, I have to say, with this Community Sports Trust running it, it was absolutely fantastic. And I spoke to two people who worked at the club for over 12 years and they also said the same thing, that it was actually one of the best events that they've ever had there. They did it, so, I don't know if you know about it, Ollie, but they did a sort of pre-open day before the game, had the game, and then they also had everything going on afterwards, which included the main bit, which was sort of players signing autographs and some stuff going on on the training pitches. But it was fantastic. It was, um there was sort of bounce castles and stuff there for all the kids. It was loads of stuff for kids, like face painting, usual sorts of things, but... um there was also an opportunity for people to meet the sort of supporters groups, and also for me, I was sitting on the supporters' parliament um, table today, get fans' views about what we can do in terms of the ongoing t- stadium decoration. And the sports parliament were doing a prediction league, uh, was sort of a prediction competition, which we're going to have a quick go at later on, Ollie. And I think we're going to sort of see <laughs> who gets it all right at the end of the season. But no, it was absolutely fantastic. Weather weather stayed dry, um, and the whole thing was really good. I, I got a chance during it to. Um, have a chat to uh, mike davis who's one of the chairman of the sports parliament and i just thought it would be a good opportunity to get another voice on the podcast so i asked him what he thought about you know the season and where we were headed so i'll play that in now right so here we are at the open day um music's pumping outside it's quite a nice afternoon now and i've uh, bumped into mike davis one of the chairman of the Sports parliament so we're just gonna have a quick chat about what you think about the season coming up obviously we've just lost 4-1 today mike so that might
2: make you a little bit more negative than you might have been before but in general what are you sort of expecting about this season uh, before the game we were going up as champions, uh, now am uh, not so sure, um, Yeah, it's difficult to tell in pre-season, um, I think we players we brought in, there is some real quality in the, in the side, um, still think there's probably two or three players we need to bring in, I think we need to bring in a bit of pace um, and a bit of height then mm-hmm. both both of those seem to be lacking a little bit yeah. um but other than that you know it's difficult to tell um Hibs are obviously a lot further uh, ahead than us in their uh, in their pre-season they've already played competitive games in europe so it's, it's very difficult to tell but yeah, yeah i think um I think, I think we'll be okay um I think we've just got to aim to, to to beat where we we came last season, really. Yeah. Did uh, meanwhile we've got a lot of new
1: players in over the summer period. I think you've seen a couple of preseason games now. Have any of those stood out to you? Who do you think are going to be the
2: big players of the the guys we signed for next season? Uh, O'Brien looks class. Um, he, he he looks like he's a, he's a good playmaker. He looks like he's got a bit of skill about him. Um, again, I think it's difficult to time preseason. Obviously. We, We're in a difficult situation where we've we've got a lot of new players in. It's going to take time for them to gel as a unit. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, I I don't think there's anybody there that I would sort of say disappointed that we've signed. Um, Yeah, really, I think it's a case of five games in, see where we are. Yeah.
1: Nice one, Mike. Well, thanks for that, and uh, enjoy the season. I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Do it. Thank you very much. Okay. So yeah, Mike. There. Thanks for uh, joining in with the podcast. There, Mike. Um, I think as I said to him there, we're going to catch up again because I see Mike at most games. He's a he's a regular away traveller and he's certainly got a home season ticket. I think so. Um, so it was cracking to get another another a view of it. So yeah. Um, all in all, it was a it was a good event, and um, I think it's the sort of thing that will sort of get better and better now that the, the community sports trust are running it specifically because um, I was already I was talking to me in Whitfield who's a media manager and uh, talked to him about a few of the things and they were already sort of coming up with ideas of things that they can actually do better for next season, Ollie. So, yeah. I mean, have you ever been to an open day? do that have interest?
0: Um, I went to the original one uh, when the was first opened and got a shirt. Um, but yeah, normally the uh, the open days I'm having a teacher as a girlfriend normally have to go on holiday at the start of the summer. Um, so yeah, I often miss the open days, but this all sound like, sounds like a good idea, and it's good to get kids great, involved. Great
1: for the kids, yeah, great for the kids. Mine, mine really enjoy themselves. I signed that, my mine to up to the um, junior shrews today. And the guy who works for the Community Sports Trust who dealt with the, with us signing up, it was actually, you know, in terms of customer services, just going there to, to to register, it was a a big difference from things that I've experienced before at the football club. So the, this Community Sports Trust, Jamie Hughes, who's in charge of it, he's gotten well drilled in how to deal with people, and they're very peaceable people, people persons, persons people. Is that right? I don't know when we're saying it, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was fantastic. Mean. It was really, and um, they had like lots of exhibition matches going on between all the different sort of teams that they run, like they did it on the pitch during the season last year, didn't they? But it was good to see it up close. The players were really good in signing the autographs Um, you know for me personally if I was to give them any advice about what they could do different next season there was no hot food available which was a bit daft I don't know if you heard about this Ollie, but considering they had a game organised for a Sunday lunchtime kickoff, all the buffets sold out of hot food can you believe that
0: it's a bit of a missed opportunity, <laughs> especially as we now make money from the, the food. Yeah, it was it
1: was so crazy. Oh.
0: And what time was kickoff? Kickoff was at twelve thirty. Kickoff, yeah. And ev- so at lunchtime. Yeah,
1: so everyone had bought all the last bits of whatever they had and it wasn't very much. And I went down to get something at half time and there was nothing left in the family stand. Now when you've got an open aimed at families and your family stand's pretty full and you've got people in the ground, to not be able to feed them, you know, give them a bit of food other than sweets, which is basically all there was left, was a bit grim really. So my advice would be that they need to sort that out next season. Personally for me I'd I'd get them you know, I've never been to an open day or a, or a sort of fate or anything that's never had a barbecue going, that's pretty standard in it in the summer. So, I think next season, if they get a barbecue on the go, they'd have made an absolute fortune out of that. So, we need a barbecue, and also, it wasn't really related to open day. There was a thing that soured quite a lot of people today, which is the only other bad thing that happened. And, I, and I've spoken very positively about the open day, so I'm gonna have to sort of go over the things that weren't quite so good. But the queues to get tickets today were ridiculous, it was right to the back of the car park, and to the point that there were fans that just went like, came all the way to the Meadow to buy a ticket to go to the game and got so frustrated that they went home. And that is pretty bad, isn't it? That's not good for the future.
0: Yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that um, come up on um, on Facebook. A couple of friends of mine, good friends of mine, who are sitting next to the games, Callum and Ian, um, and they, um, they, they were in the middle of the queue. I think they got in. I think they missed a bit of, bit of time. But, yeah, I saw messages of fans saying they just gave up and went home, which is pretty sad because that person, individual, could be a bit of a... I Don't want to use fair weather, but you know what I mean—a yeah. guy who's, you know, a bit of a town fan and, and could be convinced to go to more games. Potentially, we've um, lost him for a few games this season. It's a shame.
1: We we were saying we were saying after you know at the end of the game that the people that actually did go home and get a ticket probably had the best <laughs> probably had the best <laughs> idea really because uh, when we were 4-1 four, four down it was a bit depressing. But yeah, it, yeah. So hopefully they they can take the comments on board. I mean the ticket office and. Everything is, and it is an issue that has been brought up by the football club a lot of times, and they've tried to address it, obviously, by um, this ticket office around the back of the south stand, which is which was in place today. It's like a little tiny little port cabin, and it's, it'll do the job. So um, that will hopefully rel- relieve the problems, and especially when we we're not, you know, not everybody needs a ticket for our home game normally, because most of us have got season tickets, I suppose. So it probably won't be as bad as that. But I, I would say that during pre-season, that the ticketing arrangements have been problematic and there's been bigger cues than I would have probably expected for games where in reality for me you should be able to pay on a turnstile for a preseason game shouldn't you it's not bloody rocket science no
0: it's not and it's a shame um, it is we talk about have these kind of yeah, things to talk gotta, about we've got to take the rough of the smooth the early football. though to be
1: fair but back to the back to the open day no I think a lot of credit to the whole club I mean Brian um, the CEO was down, and he he actually mingled with all the fans. He he came and spoke to as many people. I thought it was brilliant. Actually, he was there pretty much the whole day. You know, other than when they were sort of doing the, the specific football things that he'd have to be involved in, and he was meeting people. People were asking him questions. He was talking them through different bits and pieces that had been going on. So credit to Brian. Credit to the the Community Sports Trust for everything they did. Credits to all the fans groups for what they'd got going on. And um, I was really impressed with it. And I'm actually, I say, I'm actually going to go and help next year as well. I think, and you know, and and see what see what sort of improvements can be made. So yeah, it was a really good day to
0: be fair. Yeah, well, just one thing I would say is, um, being in exile um, and not in the, the, the cliques of the club I would say one thing that the supporters other groups could do, which I think I'm not sure if they'd take my advice, is to actually proactively try and get fans to um, join. In the whole time I've been a Shooter Town fan I've never ever once seen an invite um, or an opportunity to join any of the groups um, the only reason I, I joined, I went to supporters, supporters' parliament and got involved with the badge at that period. Uh, I've really struggled since because of um, work. I travel a lot with work in Europe, but um, yeah, I would say just to the fans group, it'd be great if they could try and if they were a bit more proactive in trying to get people to to join. Maybe they maybe they they do, but I've never ever seen it. So that's my kind of my little soapbox. I'm not, I'm not,
1: I say I'm an independent fan as far as I'm concerned. The Sports Parliament is the brand, is the umbrella for the fans' groups and also independence fans to all work together for the benefit of us as the fans, essentially. That's what it should be. But yeah, I, I'm not a part of any of those groups. I mean, to be fair to them, they were there, really personable people. The Super Blues in the OSC today, and I got a free cake off the OSC, which was quite nice. So that's that's a bonus. So yeah, well, there you go. Maybe they'll take your advice on board, Ollie. That's the <laughs> to, to say. But yeah, all in all. Yeah, as I said before cracking day and um, we're going to talk about some predictions now aren't we? because as I said we did a prediction competition which we had a lot of people entering and I would just say this on behalf of Sports Parliament that if you go to our um, Facebook page uh, we've got a link there to a prediction competition which you can fill in before the start of the season it's £5 entry and the split is going to be 50% to the winner 50% to the Sports Parliament to continue our projects of sort of decorating the stadium and all sorts of things like that so if anyone else wants to enter they can do but me and Ollie are just going to run through the questions now and uh, if you think it's interesting then yeah please do join
2: the usual suspects wait oh and Grandison was up and it's in how about that for
1: instant impact Andy may in the substitute. So as I said, we, we're obviously getting to the point where the season's about to start now. So it'd be quite a nice idea for us. To, we were going to do a predictions thing, weren't we, Ollie? We were going to go through what we think is going to happen this season in terms of the town. But um, as I said, the Sports Partner have launched a sort of prediction competition and it acts as quite a nice little entry into that for us, doesn't it? So we're going to run through the questions, Ollie, and we're going to put our, nail our colours to the mast um, and see <laughs> see what we think is going to happen this season. So que- question one is, where will Shoes be finished in the league 2016-17?
0: Uh, um I'm going to go for this is the number that came up in my head. I think we're going to finish 16th. Oof, okay. I was more I was more confident I said 14th. So okay. I went
1: 14th. Um who will be the top goal scorer this season for Shrewsbury? You can say someone we haven't signed yet. That's a, that's an okay answer I reckon.
0: I'm going to go for Smith. Smith.
1: Yeah, I think I went for Dodds. I was I was pretty sure that Dodds is going to be top goal scorer this season because I just think he's going to weigh in with quite a few and we never normally get someone scoring more than 15 anyway, do we so? He's got a good show. So I went Dodds. Um Will STFC get to the third round of the FA Cup? No. You don't think we will? Oh, dear. I said yes. Uh, I think we will. Um, how many loan players will choose to use in 2016-17?
0: I'm going to go for three.
1: I'll go, I went for five, I think, when I wrote it down. So I'll say five again. Um... One team that we
0: relegated from League One. One team that will be relegated. Um, oh, uh, I think um, I think Wimbledon.
1: Oh, we've, had, we've been so nice about Wimbledon. We just relegated them. <laughs> yeah, I, I said. I think I, I said Fleetwood. I think they're having a bit of trouble at the moment, Fleetwood. So I don't. Maybe they won't recover from it. Um, how many red cards will Ian Black pick up this season? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, 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 no this is a, you. You do like Ian Black. Um, will he even play. <laughs> so well, well that's the, the thing.
1: That's what people were saying today. It's either naught or like ten. Yeah,
0: I'm just going to go for one.
1: <laughs> I, I, okay, I'll go for two. Yeah. Um, will Andy Mangan score more than five league goals? No. Ooh, I went for yes. I think he just he gets five off the bench, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, what will Stfc's biggest league win of the season be? By how many goals will we beat? Yeah. like the goal, the difference. So you know, if we were yeah. 4 one, got we three. I, yeah. yeah, I get it. i would go for okay.
0: th- uh, plus three. I'd like to say three. Okay. So I'll have a three-goal advantage. Just about okay. best.
1: I think I wrote, I wrote four down for that. Um, who will win the league? Who will win League One?
0: Um, I'd like to say Charlton, because I've got a spot spot for Charlton. Um, and I think Bolton could be over there. But I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go for um, MK Dons.
1: Oh, OK. I said Charlton. I, I think they just should have the money and the resources to get straight back out, shouldn't they, really?
0: They're a real mess, but yeah, let's not talk about it. Yeah, that. but
1: yeah, yeah, they're a big club, though. Um, Where will Shoes be in their EFL
0: trophy group? Third.
1: Yeah, I put third as well. I think, in fact, I would say because I've seen a lot of people answer this today. Lots of people say third. No one's that bothered about it. Yeah. Um, will Callum Burton start any league games this season? Yeah, he will. Okay, I said yes as well. Will Louis Dodds get more than ten
0: goals this season? Oh, if I, if I, league goals. Lee yeah, goals. league goals. No, he won't. I think he'll get nine. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> and I think a bit. If he. But th- then the funny thing is, his links, if he gets more than ten goals, then I then we'll definitely finish higher than sixteenth. So I don't think he will because I don't think. Yeah. We'll do you're that. being consistent. Yeah, exactly. So because I, I, I said he'd be top goalscorer so I said yes to this.
1: <laughs> so I think he will. Yeah. Um will any shoesby player get a full international cap this season? No. No, I said no as well. There's a couple that have got an outside shout, to be honest with you. But I said no. Um how many times will Shrewsbury score uh, Shrewsbury score more than three goals in a league game? Once. <laughs> and how many times will shoot? Oh, I, I think I just said just three. Th-
0: three or more, or more than three. So we'll score four. three or more, so th- more
1: than th- three or more goals in a league game.
0: Oh, three or and three and more. So I think maybe twice. Then we might score three okay. goals. Cool. No, no and three times. times. I'll go for three times. We'll score more than three.
1: Yeah, I said that as well. How many times will Shrewsbury concede more than three goals in a league game?
0: Um, maybe five.
1: <laughs> Most people put really low for the first one and really high for the second <laughs> one. Uh, I'll put six. I think I'll probably get cubbed a few times
0: okay who will play more
1: games McGibbon or Lancashire that's
0: a tough one um, I'm going to go for Lancashire.
1: Ooh, I, I put Lancashire as well. I think McGivens probably a little bit worse than Lancashire, yep. and if we're going to switch the backs around, he'll probably be first out of the, out of the team. Will Ethan Jones score a league goal in 2016-17? Uh, yeah, he will. Yeah, I think he definitely will. Yeah. Uh, will Mickey Mellon still be Sheffield Town manager for the last league game of the season? Yep, I think so. Yeah, I think he probably will. If we're going to come 14th, they've got to be consistent. Um, Will Shoesby beat any of the teams relegated from the Championship?
0: So let's just, for the fans, I just remember, so you've got Bolton, M.K. Dons, yep. Charlton, and... Um, I can't remember. Who came down? She, um, who else was it? I can't think off the top of my head. That's terrible. We should know that. It doesn't matter. No. I think, yes, I think we'll beat one.
1: Yeah, I think we normally do. We normally get one, don't we, against the teams yep. that have just been relegated. So I think we probably will as well. Who will score Shoesby's first league goal?
0: Um... As I went for Smith, most goals I'll go for Smith.
1: <laughs> okay, I went for Smith as well. I think you probably will not. Yep. Uh last two questions then. Will Shoesby finish above Port Vale in the league? Yeah, I think I think we will, yeah. And who will win the premiership? I oh, know that's a bit off one. That was just last um
0: time. It's gonna Premier League's gonna be so difficult this year. Mm. I I'm gonna go f I I'm i am going to go for United. Yeah, I think Man United. It today.
1: Yeah, a lot of people put United. I'm going to go for a resurgent City under uh, Guardiola. I think it will get them going. Yeah. Um, I think he'll turn them around. And the tiebreaker, we won't answer that, but it was just what is this average attendance going to be this season as a tiebreaker? So I, I think most people roughly went right to five thousand three or five thousand four hundred something like that. So, yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll come back to that at the end of next season or at the end of the season, and we'll see where see yeah, how badly. Them. <laughs> How badly we got it. But as I say, this it's, it's gonna be interesting. And one of the things I might report back on is when I get all of the ans um, everyone's questions in, I might might we use it in one of the podcasts a bit down the line to say this is sort of the general answers were you know oh, we're going to come here we're going to come there because it'll be a nice little sort of database of people's thoughts of where the season's going to go so there we go we might use that down the line so that's our predictions for that and just to quickly cover our Glim versus Oli battle um, obviously I went for Shoesby to win 4-1 against Solihull Moors last week didn't I but they didn't quite <laughs> didn't quite do it for me it was 4-0 wasn't it yeah so, it was So yeah, yeah damn, damn I sorry. couldn't
0: believe it I thought at half time 4-0 and we were going um, we we're going to get that you weren't going to win that yeah. one um, but yeah. so just go back a step so um, I did actually go ask on, on Facebook what people's predictions were Oh right. Oh, okay no before the game kicked off <laughs> people were thinking we might finish 12th so <laughs> we've got um Daniel Biston saying 12th um we had Carl saying um 15th um what else have we got and then um, we've got Daniel Simpson saying 13th Damien um said 16th um, jim said 14th but then as the game went on it was 24th <laughs> bottom oh, no. 80 bottom 19th 20th um so yeah <laughs> so we're not we're not a fickle bunch no are we? we're not no but i thought yeah i just wanted to <laughs> put that in so yeah thanks to the guys who did send those those questions yeah cheers
1: in. guys and again we've we've had quite a lot of response on the old social media this week haven't we so yep. it's been good for people engaging in the podcast and, and our listener numbers have been pretty cool haven't they so yeah, have. yeah cheers for everyone on that one um so that's our prediction. But obviously, we're going to predict the MK Dons as our next game. Yep. We both got a point last week, obviously, because we both got the result right. We didn't get the score right. Um, so, what are you going to go for? Are we going to start with a win, Ollie, or is it going to be back to the same old home form of last? I think
0: we're going to lose. <laughs> I, I do. I, I think after what I'm reading about MK Dons, you know, pretty much a pretty much championship side. Um, mm. I think we're going to lose and I'm edging... <laughs> we have to turn this round. I keep going first, but um, I'll go first again. Oh, okay. I'll go, Sorry, That's I okay. don't mind. That's I'll okay. It's the way it goes. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm going I'm to go... No, I went, I'm i I'm, I'm torn because you went quite far extreme with a 4-0 and you paid <laughs> yeah. off and I was conservative um, and did the traditional scores because most games obviously end between one or two goals by yeah. either side so I'm going to go 2-1 loss
1: OK that's a, that's a good shout I think Um, to be fair whether I went first half, I was always going to go with a draw for this okay. I just think that I think that Mellon will get them up enough for this game that we don't lose you know and, and they, they do look reasonable in, in pe- patches when, when they click but um, yeah I agree MK Dons are probably too good to come here and, and get beaten so um, I'll go for a 1-1 I think that'll probably be what'll happen so yeah, we'll see if anyone can make a move in the prediction league between me and you. So, there we go. So that about covers our our, our chat for this this week. Um, do you want to sort of have a chat about what we're next few weeks and what we're planning? And-
0: so yeah, I'm really looking forward to. Um, um, so it's been fantastic with the, um, the amount of listens we've been getting and the feedback we've been getting. So we're definitely carrying on into the new season. Really looking forward to talking lots of football, lots of games. Um, definitely looking forward to the season starting and um, yeah, having some real football to talk about. Um, it's going to be quite good, and also um, we haven't had the chance yet. But let's get some other fans on here on the on the podcast as well. Here's yeah, we've
1: managed to get a few interviews, haven't we, people? But as yet, we haven't managed to get any people. I think we might have to at some point because um, I'm one of those stupid people that's a massive Shrewsbury Town fan and, and doesn't want to miss too many games. And I've booked my holiday to go <laughs> on like the end end of August for two weeks. So um, I'm going to be heading off to Austria for a holiday. So we might have to miss a week there, or potentially, hopefully, I can take my laptop and maybe do it from out there because uh, I would have still sort of kept up to up to speed on what's going on. But um, That's the only real sort of fly in the ointment going forward. So yeah, everyone keep engaging with us, keep listening and uh, stick with us and I'm sure it'll be a good ride through the season. So uh, yeah, cheers. Cheers, Cheers. guys.